Frosso, welcome to the latest Fearless and Devotion, a day late. Uh, firstly, an apology, because I listened back to the Dior Angus um, interview last week. And Argos? Dior Argos? Did you I say did that? not say Argos. <laughs> I did not say Argos. I said Angus. I had to think about Argos. it. I got there in the end. An Aberdeen Angus. Let's see what you're doing. Okay, yeah, go Don't on. Don't try and put words in my mouth, Timothy. As if Basically, I would. Basically, my microphone was absolute crap. So I've tried a different, I've come into the room, I've got carpets, I'm speaking directly in it. So can you, it was like, it was like I bought the, my, my microphone from 1986 from Tandy by the, uh, by the bookshop uh, next to Gerard's. So I'm, I'm trying a bit, I'm trying lads, I'm trying if it's still crap, can you, can you let Tim know by DMing him or, or phoning him? Andy Gilpin, it's December, December 2022, and he's only just discovered carpets. There we oh, go. No, I've got carpets, but it's easy to, 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 to clean hardwood floors. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. I digress. Let's talk firstly, a bit of a special this week. We're going we're gonna to have a look at but something, sort of, uh, a little bit on our away form. But firstly, let's talk about Saturday's match. His Tim, you were there, weren't you? I was. It was... Um... <sighs> It's not not like a bad performance, just not what you'd expect, you know. Um, we sort of, you know, we, we've been spoiled rotten at home, haven't we? You know, won 12 in all competitions at home, but our away form, whilst we haven't lost many, I think we've lost two. Yeah, um, two Chester, County. Turn a couple of those draws and we, we'd be laughing, but... It's not not so much the results; it's the performance levels, and for whatever reason, it just doesn't happen. And we looked just a shade off it. And they were there for the taking that first half. If we'd have got a goal early, early doors, they would have fallen apart. I guarantee it. And we just just looked slightly off it. I'm not going to say disinterested because that's not true and it's not fair. But I don't know. It's just a weird, weird, insipid performance, and it's. You know, if you if you're not going to play well and you you're still going to get a point, then fair enough. But I don't know. It's, it's something that's just wrangling me about about these away displays. Yeah, I, I know what you mean, and we're going to get into the bones of that a little bit more later on. I mean, I, I'm one of my mates who's a York fan went up there for it, said it's it's the best York have played all season, and I think we are going to get a little bit of that, aren't we? Just the fact that yeah. Teams are going to raise their game for us. It's on telly. There's a new manager waiting in the wings, looking to pick his team. It's all set up for York to have their best home performance of, of the season. But, you know, we've spent enough money to get our way through that, that we should have enough on the bench to to, to see a way through these games. And at, at the moment, we're, we're, we're not quite doing it. So let's just uh, let's just describe what we got on today. We've got, we've got Rich Watkin. Obviously, everyone knows him from the Fat Ball. Thank you for your continued support, Rich. Uh, for this podcast, and glad to see all, all your ventures doing doing well in the Wrexham area, mate. Yeah, thanks, Andy. Um, obviously, Christmas time is upon us, so uh, a very very busy period for us um, in all the venues, and it's great to see so many fans who have, have sort of booked in to all the various places in town to to continue to support us, and and you know we're delighted by that, and we never take it for granted. So we're you know we're massively appreciative of that of that support from everybody. No probs, Mitch. No probs. Uh, we've also got Chris Maxwell, but don't get too excited. It's not that one. You, you're, you're not the uh, the Wells under twenty one keeper, are you, Chris? Sadly, no, Andy. Uh, yeah, hi, Andy, and hi, Tim. I enjoy listening to the podcast, so thanks for having me on it. But yeah, you've put the wrong guest. I'm just a lad from Akrovira. I'm not our former under twenty one Wales goalkeeper. 
I like Could the way I like Chris Chris rectified you then saying I'm not the former under 21s like you make <laughs> Chris Maxwell's defying time and age and he's still under 21 somewhere. I tell you what, the good thing about this is we can put uh, exclusive chat with Chris Maxwell in the uh, in the promo bit, and everyone will think, "Oh, well done! You've, you've got you've got the former under twenty one keeper," and, <laughs> and then we click baited them. Yes, what a way to guarantee disappointment. Uh, right. Okay. Talk talking about guaranteed disappointment. Now, Chris, me and you do a lot of away games, don't we? It's um, it's easier because we're London based. Yeah. Um, it's easier. For us to sort of get down to these. Firstly, is our away form actually a problem? Are we just victims of our success at home and we can't really apply that formula to uh, away from home? It's difficult, isn't it? Because it's like the old adage is, you know, win, win your home games and, and draw away, uh, you know, and that's supposed to be in the old way of thinking of things. That's supposed to be like title winning form, if you like, or you'll be up there or thereabouts. But, you know, we've gone and won every single home game but it is troubling that we're not getting these wins away from home. It sort of didn't bother me too much after the game on Saturday. I thought, well, you know, it's another point away from home. And if you win your next home game, it's a good point. But then I went and looked and I wished I hadn't at uh, stats from last season. And Stockport, uh, they lost last season 10 times, six away, but they only drew once away from home last season, which is quite interesting. And in total... Mm -hmm. Stockport drew four times all season last season. So even though they lost more games than us, it, these draws over an entire season do become a problem if we keep doing it. So for the time being, given where we are and we're not quite at the halfway stage of the season, it's like, don't worry too much. But we do need to start to find a way to turn these these draws yeah. away from home into, into some wins. Rich, is it the performances that are, are really worrying away from home just because what, what I mean by that is last season round about this time we were looking at Bill Parkinson's home and away form and questioning questioning all of it really he, he got to January he turned it around and since then our home form has been brilliant but have we ever quite nailed the away performances yeah I think for me we, we always seem a bit sluggish away from home um, generally the way we start games away from home compared to being at home, it's chalk and cheese almost. Um, and I think given the amount of money that we have spent on our squad, um, I think we are within our rights to expect to be top of the league, which we're not. Um, and the only way we're going to address that is to win more games away from home. Um, and I feel that the next, you know, you look at Saturday's game coming up, that's a tough game for us away from home. Um, then you think, OK, we're at home against Chesterfield um, and then we've got Solly Hull home and away in the, in the league who traditionally are a team that we've never particularly done well against. Um, I think it's a massive couple of weeks ahead um, for the team, sort of home and away, because looking at the opponents we've played at home, there's not many there that you pick out and say, well, they might give us a game, they, you know, that, that could be a, a potential banana skin. Every game we've won at home, we should have won. Um, you know, mm -hmm. Chesterfield, I think, arriving in town on Tuesday night at the first challenge. If we don't get a positive result on Saturday, you know, you could be going into that Chesterfield game not firing on all cylinders, confidence a little bit lower. Um, and, I, and I just feel that for the amount of money we've spent, uh, given that Parky's been at the helm now for a decent amount of time, um, I think we're allowed to expect a little bit better away from home. 
Yeah. Tim, is there a quick fix to this, do you think? Uh, Jesus. I, I, I... <laughs> Come on, tactical Tim. Uh, no, no. I am by no means a master tactician, that's for sure. Um, it's just it's just weird, isn't it? I mean, I'm just going through some of these tweets, which I'll read out in a minute, but yeah, it's just an odd one. But I was trying to put a bit of context around it as well. And for all of our, our away day shortcomings, if you like, in inverted commas, Notts County have kind of got the slight polar opposite in their home form. I think they've dropped six or seven points at home. So, mm. you know, there's, there's that context. And, and I'm clutching the straws of this one. The last time we got promoted, our away form was patchy up until that wild run where we won like 12 games in a row. Obviously different yeah. tactics because there's only one automatic place. And we I can't think, find Scott Green again, mate. I'd, oh, I, I know, but I, I think what, what, what a lot of all, all the sort of slight pandemonium and worry as is always the case, and it's stating the bleeding obvious now, is that because it's that one automatic promotion spot, and because it's it's clear already, it always almost feels at this stage, even it's early to say, it almost feels like it's a two-horse race, not discounting Chesterfield, who are sort of in and around it. Um, you know, it's like it's tit for tat now. It's like who's who's gonna blink first, really? And when when you know those points were were in the bag to all intents and purposes on the Saturday, then to to sort of drop two points in the blink of an eye was was frustrating. So it's, it's I think what annoyed me on Saturday was was game management. The seven minutes yeah. of time on the clock, you see it out. You you keep the ball, you put it in you put it in the cine world that's attached to the ground. You know, you, you don't allow it to come from their their half straight through and a and a sort of deflected strike. And, and you know it's that 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 was the big frustrating point for me. Imagine coming away from there the other day, three points that we scarcely deserved. So, kind of almost got what we uh, what we asked for in the end, really. Yeah, I mean, I went, I went, we went to Wheelstone a couple of a couple of weeks ago, and uh, my mate came, and it's the first time he's ever been to see Wrexham, and he's looked at our home form and, and went, "All oh, right, you're, we're, I'm in for a treat here." And I went, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, hang on, mate!" And I took him through all the things that might happen. You know, we might not grab a hold of the game. Uh, we they, we might invite pressure for the first twenty minutes. We might come stronger in the second half. We might make, we might wait a, t- a bit too long with our substitutions. Every, and I, what I was trying to do is temper his expectations. And then everything I said actually came true in that game. And he was sort of, he, what, what did he say at the end, Chris? Do you want to hear my? Uh, he said, "Do you want to hear my um, my thoughts on this game?" And you just said, "No." That's right, yeah, because I knew what he was going to say. Yeah, I didn't want to hear his opinions. You know, um, you almost feel culpable when you take a neutral and they get served the, that sort of performance, don't you? So it was, a, it was a shame that he didn't get to see the home team version of us. Yeah, um, but what, what, what I'm going on about this, different from the Wheelstone game, is on Saturday, Parkinson made some proactive changes. He changed to a four. He changed to a, I think what was a four-three-three. All intents and purposes, he went for it a little bit. And he managed to get the goal. I don't think it was because of sustained pressure. I think I think they got a bit lucky with that goal, but we still got it. And I think maybe because he'd made all those changes, it wasn't his normal sort of compact sort of team, and there was a bit more space for for, for York to 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 equalise. So, you know, do we think that that Parkinson maybe now will will change it a little bit and will be able to sort of adapt his away form as we, as we run up to January? I don't know. It's a struggle, isn't it? I mean, who, it's such a... It, the problem with, with Parky, and it's been there for a while, he's so stubborn when it comes to 
formation. And it just feels yeah. like away from home, you need to change that. We, we just, for whatever reason, it's not working away from home. For whatever reason. Um, that's the frustration, is that as much as, as good as we've been at home, which is great, and he stuck to his guns and, and he, he's, you know, it's whatever is working at home is working. And I kind of thought at York, it might happen with what happened against Farnborough, which is wait for the moments come along. There's quality mm. in the team. It hasn't been a pretty watch, but it'll come. And that's what happened with Tom O'Connor's overhead goal. It was a rubbish game. It was lit up by a, a sort of piece of wonderful technical ability. We're thinking, great. And then all of a sudden we switch off. And that's the worry for me. I mean, is is there scope for a sports psychologist at the club? Is there one there already? Always, Always they should be doing stuff like that. I think. Um, I mean, what's what's it, Rich? What's the difference between home and away then? Because I know we sort of touched on it earlier that our home form is great. We're on the front foot straight away. Why is it different away from home? What is, is it something that Parky's saying to the players or is it something the players are, are doing naturally or is it just the opposition that are just more in our faces? Yeah. You know, I, I think there's a little bit of the fact that, you know, like your, like your friend said, that's the best Yorker played all season. Mm. Um, for obvious reasons, you know, we turn up, generally we bring more away fans than anybody else is going to bring to that ground um, kind of everything is set up for the for the home team at that point to give it everything, um, and, and I do think that we come up against that more often than not. Yeah. Um, but for me, away from home, I think I think sometimes, especially with potentially, I know there was talk the other day of maybe a couple of signings coming in. I'd like to see something a bit different available. Like for me, and I've, I've been saying it for a long time that pace is what will will unlock things. You know, for me, with twenty minutes to go on Saturday, you know what the sub is. But, you know, we're going to bring Dalby on, of course we are. But yeah. actually, when, when you've got him, when you've got Ollie Palmer up front, for me, what you need is probably an old-fashioned guy who can actually get around the back of people and put crosses in, who, who's got blistering pace. Now, obviously, everybody's looking for that. But the difference is we've got the money to get that more than anybody else. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I just think away from home, this setup of... Five, you know, five at the back. I know people say it's three, five, two, but essentially, when when that, that first half hour, it's always very rigid. Five at the back. Um, I, I think we need the ability to be able to change things up a little bit. Um, and whether whether that's available to the players because of what the instructions are. I thought in your last podcast, I thought Dior almost alluded to the fact that there was something different going on away from home, but didn't quite. Didn't quite yeah. sort of say much more about it because you know he's still playing, so I think it's important he's not seeking to say anything. But I felt I felt him in that interview. There was almost a suggestion that you know we're set up differently, um, and 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 but for us to win the league and this, uh, to achieve essentially what is probably the minimum requirement for this squad, uh, they've got to fix it. Yeah, Reese, you've just come on the the podcast. You're our Mister Positivity. You've even got your own John Watson microphone. Um, is our away form actually a problem or are we just all sitting here overreacting? Um, I think it's starting to become a problem, isn't it? I mean, trying to put a gloss on it, um, uh, but it's definitely not ideal. I mean, if we, if we win all of our home games, as I say, I've not heard everything that's been said so far, but if we win all of our home games, it doesn't become too much of a problem if we go totally sort of hundred percent record throughout the season. Um, but you know, that the game, 
um, on Saturday just sort of defined the, the issues that we've been having, really, I think, isn't it? Just switching off um, and just frustrating when you leave those points out there. I mean, we, we, we really could be a good few points clear now if they weren't for some silly mistakes. I'm, I'm still relatively positive. Um, you know, I think I said a couple of weeks ago that, you know, if we're still within touching distance at the end after the Solihull games, I think we're in a very strong position looking at Notts County's January, looking at other teams' January's, looking at the, the teams that we've played. We have had a lot of tough away games come up, um, so they should, in theory, get easier. Um, so I think it, it's a little bit of a concern. And actually, just listening to what Rich was saying there, I, I, I totally agree Um that pace is something that we're missing. We've got so much quality in that side. Um, and Mullin, I don't know if anyone else thinks, I think he looks half a yard faster this season than he did last year. He's, he's, you know, he's got decent pace, but we're just missing that someone that's coming off the bench that can open a game up when you've got tired defenses in this division, yeah. you can really exploit that. And even I think someone, you know, no, no offense to to Chislevich, who is a great servant for us. Not necessarily the the best end product or the greatest quality, but in terms of the way that he could tear teams open sometimes, just by knocking it behind him and legging it, and then just just trying yeah. to whip one in the box, it, it 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 does make a difference. And so, rather than going panicking about a midfielder or necessarily a striker this January, I would really love us to see a sh- splash some cash on someone, even a youngster on the in the loan market, a couple of divisions up, who can who can come on and, and make a difference with his pace. Yeah, I think we've said this a few times about Chislevitz. I mean, you know, it wasn't always the end product, but it was the threat of him. The fact that, you know, he, he could do something. Yeah. All of a sudden, a tired defence are taking a few steps backwards. They're opening up a little bit more space for, for our other players to, to come into. I, I, I do wonder if that would that would mean a formation change, though. And I don't know if Parkinson's at the at the time yet. Well, he's willing to do that 70 minutes into a game. I think he is still quite quite rigid on his on his five three two or three five two. Um I so, mean he's changed you know, he's changed to four three three a couple of times, hasn't he? Yeah, he did um, on Saturday. We, we, so, we discussed this earlier, yeah. There we go. Well I mean if he does that with twenty minutes to go or half an hour to go, there's no reason why that third striker can't be just that out and out pace man, just someone who, who's going to get round the round the back and try and get a ball in the box. Uh, especially when you got people like Palmer and Dalbion. Seems like a no brainer to us. But what do we know? I mean, before we go on to the fan stuff, Tim, Chris, just very quickly, is, is that where you would you would look to strengthen? Are you looking at um, a quick a quick front man, a quick sort of winger to change things up? Yeah, I'd agree with that as well. If you th- if you look at a, a league season of forty six games or whatever it is, you're really playing the percentages to win a league, aren't you? So you're looking at ma- the margins over a season where. If we're playing a lot of teams, some of the part-time teams, even when we played Oldham, who I know are not a very good team, but Parky himself noticed that Oldham were tiring and changed it up. Where we can have an edge is the fact that we've got more squad depth this season. We've got some doubled up quality in certain positions. And if we can go and strengthen and bring in the type of fast person that that Reese and Richard are talking about, I think that will like hopefully wear some of these teams down, especially as they start to get injuries and suspensions and their squads get a little bit worn down as the season goes on. Hopefully ours can get stronger in January. And I think we do need to exploit that if we're going to get those extra points that that didn't get us over the line last season. Yeah. Right. Come on then, Tim. Uh, I know you put a tweet out earlier uh, to get a more of a rounded sort of perspective on this. What's the sort of general feeling? Bit of a mix, really. So, I mean, we've had a really good response to it. So, thanks for everybody who tweeted. I'm only going to propose to read out maybe 
between eight and ten of them because it's been about fifty odd, I think. So, um, but yeah, on, on the whole, it was it was a mix of a tactics. But there's a there's a couple of questions in there about attitude um, of players, um, but I'll see see what you think. Um, so let's start with. Uh, Jay Hughes, he put different tactics, different attitudes. At home, we have a dominating attack midfield, which paces the game. Away, we play hoofball and ignore the midfield to the point where they're non-existent. Home, we look like we know we're going to win. Away, we look timid and unsure. Fair. Uh, Dave Keeley, talk about formations all day long. A lot of it comes down to players that don't look look up for it away from home. Too many jogging around and not looking like they care. At home, they know they can't do it. Oh, wow. Uh, do, you, yeah. do you agree with that, Tim? Um, do, you think, not, do you think the commitment not, level's dropping away? No, I, I don't. I don't think so because there's, there's added scrutiny, isn't there, at the club where you, you can't hide in a corner. If you're not up for it, you're not happy. You can't hide because we've got documentary mm. crews. We've got there's a lot of of, of due diligence that's been done on this on, on on these players, and you know that you would like to think it's pretty clear they they've they've they run through brick brick walls from each other at home just for whatever reason that hasn't that hasn't really transformed on the road. So I'm not yeah. so sure they don't look up for it. And I know there was a, a mention of, you know, they, they shouldn't, it looks like they were still on the, the Christmas party in Dublin, but that was a week ago. So I don't think that's had any real bearing on, on it, I guess. So whether it should have, you know, what, what your thoughts are on a Christmas party mid-season is open to interpretation, but there we are. Uh, what was wrong with just going to Checkers for, for, for the night? I, I mean, I understand no. why they have to go to Dublin. I'm all for a Christmas party. Get, your, go, get yourself in, go to, to the pub. Mr. Smith in Warrington on the go bus. To, go to the pub in Holtley Park. So you can keep an eye on her. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what, just one thing before we go on to more, mate. Um, I do wonder if our players are now used to the expectation of a full house at the race course and they are thriving on it. They know it's a good pitch. They know it's... Uh, it's a full house. They know they'll be roared on, and they know, you know, to to you know, it's a patient crowd. It doesn't get on their backs if they're not winning after half an hour, which might not be the case at County. Um, and I wonder if other teams going there are a bit overawed by it, and that's why our home form is is so good. So yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there has been mention of that as well on on the tweets that some some teams come here. It's like, oh Christ, we really are in the kind of like the the dragons den, if you like, and it's all gone. <laughs> a bit scary, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, those players should equally be um, buoyed by the fact that they're playing in front of sold-out away, end, away, away ends as well. So yeah. I don't really buy that too much. It's not as like, as if we've gone to, you know, take the, the sort of Notts Counties out of it, where, you know, there was a slightly more raucous atmosphere. But we haven't really gone anywhere where we've, where Wrexham fans have been out of sang. You know, a lot of the away followings, we've tended to try and make it uh, feel like a home atmosphere to get him over the line and it hasn't worked so there we are anyway i'll, I'll do a few more of these uh rex and carl uh midfield is the issue we get away with it at home as teams sit off all of our midfielders are essentially forward thinking and lack discipline just to hold their position luke summerfield came to the race course this season and played the position perfect he just sat and wasn't drawn to the ball uh, Dave O'Brien, a worrying start I heard on Saturday. Paul Mullen has scored three times in 11 away games compared to 16 goals in 12 home games in all competitions this season. Um, Ollie Palmer has four away goals. So, yeah, night and day on that one. She's <laughs> quite bizarre. So, I'm uh, sort of suggesting that maybe they're flat, they're flat track bullies. They're, they're people who can really score at home and can fill their boots there. And when things are tighter away from home, it, it's, it's more difficult. I mean, I, what I will say is, 
for Palmer and Mullin, we create a lot less chances away from home. Yeah, and they yeah. can they can only put away what, what's given to them. You can't. I know. I know. People say you know, Mullin's half a yard quicker that this this season, but he can't go past five people and 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 spank it in. I'd be interested to see how many of those away goals are scored by Aaron Hayden because uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was quite a lot because we do seem to depend a little bit more on the set piece away from home, which is not necessarily a, a bad thing. But that, though, I hadn't realised those stats about Mullen and Palmer actually. That is that is a bit poor. Yeah, there's a few. Um, again, there's a few more on the on the midfield. Um, WAFC Joe two midfield sit too deep with the wing backs often leaving the two forwards isolated. Parky rarely makes changes before the 60th minute, so we're often left left frantic in the last 20. We need to more, need to be more aggressive at the start of the games um, and dispel this second half team mindset. I thought we started all right against York, and I just think a bit more composure probably could have done it. There's a couple of kind of, sort of glancing headers of Lee and, and Mullin. I think on another day, yeah, would have taken an extra touch and gone right. I'll, I'll have a blast at this, you know. And then you know what? I said to, I said to Chris when we were watching it in in the Sheephaven on on Saturday. I said I hope we don't come to rue those those missed headed chances. And he went, Nah, we'll be fine. Yeah, shows what yeah. you know, mate. And again, what's been alluded to already, Paul Coleman said it's more about the team struggling to cope with the occasion at our place, whereas they'll have more uh, when they're at home. They have more confidence with the crowd behind them. We need to be careful. We're not in a false sense of security. We've not played many decent teams at home yet, which I think you said at the start of the pod. So that's a fair point. Uh, Gary Davis, can we just explore that a bit more? Is that true? And I know we, we you know, we haven't played Chesterfield. We haven't played Notts County at home. Is it the fact that we haven't played anyone at home? You can only beat what's in front of you, isn't it? As the saying goes. Um, and I don't think there's, I can't think of any teams that have, that have come so far that have proper tried to find us out, to be honest. I think, you know, we, we've just been patient when we've needed to be and we've been a bit mad when we've needed to be, a la the Barnet game. So I don't know, any time will tell. I mean, there's some, there's some big, um, big tests coming up, really. So we'll mm. see what they're made of. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, uh, next Tuesday against Chesterfield is massive because if we're going to be saying essentially all along, well, you know, we've played all these teams away and yes, we've not performed well. And, you know, we've had a couple of disappointing results against the big teams away. Well, then we've got to bury them at home. So next Tuesday, I would say, is a, is a really big test. And, um, you know, I, I was looking at these three fixtures before York. I was thinking... In my head, I was hoping three points at York, point at Eastleigh, not an easy place to go. I'd take those four, and then we've got to go for the for the big one at Chesterfield, uh, well, at home against Chesterfield and win. Uh, that now is, that equation has got a little bit more difficult. Um, but yeah, we've, we've really got to be winning these big games at home, um, which we didn't necessarily do last season until right at the end against Stockport. Um, so that'll be the big, the first really big test, I think. Mm. I, I mean, I, I agree with you, but I do think January will be important, and I do think we'll bring in two or three. I think three players now with with, with Jordan out, and I think that might be the freshening up that we need. And if we look at our at our first half and our second half of the season last term, it was night and day because we brought the players that Parky wanted to in and the players that he had targeted months ago. And I, I, I do sort of think that we're in the best position to make those signings. I, I'm not sure how much Notts County have, and then they could actually be weakened. I'd be interested to hear, after his well-reasoned um, and his very well-articulated um, 
explanation of why we need some pace. I'd be interested to see who else Rich would sign, what kind of player at least, if, if we were signing three players. Yeah, I think <laughs> I'd do what Fleetwood did to us. I would I would go and upset a couple of players at Notts County, even if we couldn't sign them, and start talking to Rodriguez's agent and suggesting that we could pay him life-changing amounts of money. Um, you and that's rich. What a businessman <laughs> you are. <laughs> We've got to get out of this league and do anything, <laughs> anything. Um, yeah, I, I think I would. Um, and, I, and I know that almost goes against the grain of what the club have done over the last 18 months. You, you know, you always hear the signings that we've made, you know, people like Aaron Hayden, who, you know, when we signed them, we said, well, we're signing a player here who can go up two, three levels. Um, I don't disagree with that. Um, but I just feel that in January is an opportunity for us to flex a bit of financial muscle, which will absolutely upset, um, you know, every other supporter from any other club and they can continue their, their barrage of abuse on social media towards us. Um, but that's what I would do. I would, I would literally cherry pick the two or three best players from, from this league who are used to, um, who are used to this level of football, because I think what you're looking at signing in January is two or three players just to get us over the line. And I think because of the amount of money that we've got available to us, don't worry about next year. Don't worry about if we're in another division. Actually, let's just get out of this division. And to do that, let's sign players who, who know what it's like on a Tuesday night away at Eastleigh or, or that, sort of, that, that sort of environment in January and February, rather than, and it potentially use Tom O'Connor as, as the example, clearly a decent football player, clearly you know, the man has, has, has got a lot of talent. But you'd have to say it's taken him a while to adjust to this level of football. Um, and, and in yeah. January, we don't want that. We, we want people who are straight in and, and, and at it. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, so Rodriguez, Langstaff. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Ollie Banks, maybe. Tishmanga. Yeah. We'll just, we won't yeah. even put him yeah. in the 16. No, he can be my next delivery driver. It's not a problem at all. Um, <laughs> no issues with that. <laughs> well, what's that? What's that? Chesterfield left back, Dobra, is it? Is he back playing? He is, isn't he? Albanian fella, yeah. Yeah. I I think King as well on the right is a a decent Mm. player. We'll have him as well. Yeah, we'll have them. Max Kluwerf said Rodriguez um, and Dallas and Sparrow, the two at Solio, that are the three hardest opponents he's come up against so far. So they're horrible, horrible players to play against. Really good, technically. Just like, especially Rodriguez, like a couple of steps ahead in his brain. So that would be great if we went for him. He's a decent oh, physical presence, Rodriguez, as well, isn't he? He's not a, he's not a small lad. He's, he's, he's got a good bit of height on him and he's quite strong. Would be nice, wouldn't it? I mean, that's what Can we need. We make sure we tweet out this part of the pod uh, on, on Fearless just so we can really wind up the Notts County fans, please. <laughs> just before, but I'll, I'll just do a few, a last few more tweets just because we've covered most of it. But I'm going to read you this uh, three tweet um, thread. So basically, uh, MG Rexon, what's freaking me out is the most is that Parky doesn't know. Watch the interview from York, and when he's asked, I presume he means when he's asked what the difference is between the home and away form, he says it's a good question, looks up to the sky, and then proceeds to answer another question. So <laughs> Jamie Heath replies, he hasn't got a clue, that's why. Any of the 10,000 at home could manage his team, virtually picks itself. He's the reason we won't go up. I can guarantee we will be chasing Notts County after the next four fixtures. I'd be surprised if we won two of the next four league games. And then Paul Coleman rounds it off by saying, spot on, not a clue. The players get us over the line in the main. We're better at home because of the crowd. Uh, Parkey's getting outthought by younger, more adaptive managers who have a fraction of the resources. So what do you think of that? 
scathing. Wow. People were wow. saying that last season about James Rowe <laughs> in December, literally this time last season. He's not the best person of you to, 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 uh, to. I mean, like, leaving aside the personal <laughs> stuff, they, they they then went on a you know disastrous run and ended up scraping into the playoffs. You know, I mean, I'm not saying he's he's Pep Guardiola or anything, but I think you know we've got to accept as well that. Similar to how last season, quite a few teams were coming to the race course and getting a decent amount of upsets and a couple of draws because it was like a ma- it was, they were targeting it. I do think people they've basically given up targeting us at home, or they've tried but they can't do it. You know, we're so good at home, and you know the manager deserves credit for that. You can't just you can't just say oh, we're, we're the crowd uh, winning the games. It's not a nonsense. But then away from home, I do think as well that people will go, right, we're not going to be wrecked on the race course, pointless. So a lot of those teams are going, they're, you know, Woking away, to be fair, was a good example. Good side. They they were well up for that match. You could see, you know, the crowd, the team were massively up for that match. And we did really well to get a result. Um, we've definitely fallen short of that. We didn't play particularly well either, but we won 3-2, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but... You know, I do think that um, people are really, those teams are really targeting us away from home. And hopefully, a bit like last season, that changes after January. But yeah, I think I agree with the consensus that we need a, need a couple more faces in. One thing I would say about that series of tweets is I always think that Parky is a percentage manager, that he will target the home and whatever he can get from, from away is is a bonus. And he will look at it over a season rather than like throwing the baby out with the bathwater if there's a couple of bad, bad results. And I think that Park under Parky, you are never going to walk the league by 20 points, but you will always be there or thereabouts. And I think even last season, when people were really questioning in October, I think he had a long-term plan. And at the end of the season, we wouldn't be too far away. And at the end of at the end of the season, we weren't too far away. And it was injuries that did us in the playoffs. So I think Parkey is playing the long, the long game. I think he's got the rest of this, definitely got the rest of the season. Um, and I think he'll be sort of, he'll be more worried where we are in April rather than the next three games and only two wins and it's panic stations. Yeah, I agree. And we're not sitting here at the end of the day. We're sitting here on the luxury of talking about away draws. I mean, we've, we're not talking about away defeats apart from Chesterfield and and Notts County, are we? And I think. In previous seasons, we have got rolled over. Reese was talking about Woking. I mean, Woking did have a, a man sent off and they were well on top until that point and when we beat them, but we didn't get a result there and haven't in previous seasons. So um, we're sitting in a we're sitting in, and I agree with Andy 100% that Parky's playing the long game. And if you can just get, I know you've all just been talking about the embarrassment of riches of sign Sabara, sign Rodriguez and so on, but you could just be that Scott Green, that one person in January that just, unlocks it away from home and gets those extra points. And I don't think that Parky should or, or will deviate from his, uh, as Andy said, his percentage approach to making sure you're there or thereabouts at the end of the season. Of, the, of those five away draws we've had, right, we've scored three goals, um, which tells you that we, we're definitely conservative away. I know we've only lost two, but, you know, um, that's, that's not oh, good. Mate. It is no fun. It is no fun watching Wrexham at home. We all know that. I mean, I'm going, I've just booked my train ticket to Eastleigh today and I know I'm sort of half hating it because I know it's going to be a, a solid grindhouse and I'm just hoping that, you know, I'll come away thinking the draw is a great result if we've been under the cosh, which we might, might well be on, on Saturday. But, I, you know, I still think 
there is room for improvement in that team. I still think that he's got players to come back, um, especially on the wings, who, who can make a difference. And I think a couple of additions, those draws can become tight wins. We miss Mendy from an attacking perspective, don't we? Just a little bit of spark, uh, pace, like we were talking about. Do you think that, obviously, he's only just coming back from a hammy, so it's going to take him a week or two to get up to speed. But, Rich, do you think that Mendy is sort of quite becoming quite sort of key to how we sort of assert ourselves? Yeah, I think, you know, as we've alluded to throughout the podcast, that pace is pace at any level of football from Premier League down to Pub League. You know, if he's if a quick guy, everybody's like, oh, no, here we go again. Um, and Mendy is absolutely rapid. Um, and if we can get him up to fitness, um, then you would say there, especially as I, I felt just at, just at the time he got his injury, I felt we would, he was starting to settle into the team. I thought the first couple of weeks, you were only seeing flashes and it was a little bit inconsistent. Um, but then, you know, a little run, you know, run of games in, in, the, in the team and, and you could see the quality of what he was, was going to deliver to the team. Um, so hopefully, if he is is back fit, um, then that is another option and avenue that we've missed over the last few weeks. Hundred percent. We've gone through through most of the tweets, Tim. Is there anything else you wanted to mention? I know you said there was a mixed bag. There must have been some positive ones there. You know, Park in Parky, we trust in the fact that you know this that we can turn these away performances around. Let's have a look, shall we? I think there was a, a couple of little bits and bobs. We need some happy clappers. Come on, mate. Uh, happy clappers, happy clappers. Um, oh, God, now I'm struggling. No, Danny Williams, get another mid- midfield. Bloody into- hell. Elon, Elon Musk's Twitter. Absolutely. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a vile snake pit. Oh, there you go. Super Sobo, Paskins Tash. We failed to impose ourselves on the game enough when away from home. Uh, blah, blah, blah. So, um, if, we, if we don't control games and fail to maintain possession for much of the time, so frustrating. Sort that aspect of our play out and we are good for the second half of this. I found a good one here as well, Tim, from Shawnee Prince, who's a friend of the pod, isn't he? Um, he says, we sit second in the league with a good strength in depth with additions to come in January. I'm pretty sure others will drop off and we will march on. Just need that big, nasty get in midfield. Get. So, <laughs> I, nice, sure. uh, nice use of the eighties. <laughs> get. get. Uh, well, I said, nice to end that on a positive, isn't it? And I think that's important that, that we do because you know it's a roundtable discussion. We had one very similar last season, around about the same time, and it was a lot more, lot more fierce than it is now. We, you know, we're in. We, we've improved. We've improved as a squad. We've improved as, as a club, and. I know we want to go up this season and we want to yeah. do it we want to do it as champions but you know we're in a better place much better place than we were last season. We're a point off top. Not only are we in a better place than we were last season, we're in a better place than Stockport were at this time last season and they ended up getting 94 points. And before we wrap up, we've got to pass it over to our erstwhile uh, pod sponsor uh, Mr Mr Watkin because he wants to discuss who he's got on at the Mines Gwyn prior to the Chesterfield game. Oh, um, great. Yeah, so tell us a bit about that, Rich, who have you got, and please can you, uh, can you pass him to get us on the pod, because he doesn't like <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, we've, um, we've got Brian Flynn joining us uh, pre-Chesterfield. Um, Andy has been talking to him for a good few weeks, and um, actually when the, um, the former players held their golf day in memory of Kieran Durkin, um, Flynn, he came to that, 
um, and he, he sort of came and had a, a bit of food afterwards at the Fat Boar. So we managed to sort of have a chat with him then um, and he, he sort of said to pencil him in for this Chesterfield game. Um, and with all, all the guests that we've had, you know, when, when you ask them to come, you're relying them, on them then not to have any of the plans, etc. Um, so you're always a little bit apprehensive, but uh, we've got complete confirmation. Um, Flynn is, is staying over, so he's going to make a, a proper night of it. Um, oh, and wow. just a quick thanks. Yeah, and just a quick thanks actually to to Simon at Monopoly Homes because he's he's sort of um, going to put him in his with, with him in his box to be able to watch the game in the Mold Road stand um, rather than one of my season tickets that perhaps don't give the greatest of views. So we we're very conscious of you know that 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 seat in the uh, in the stand. So the best thing I managed to do for him is to get him into uh, into one of the boxes on the Mold Road stand to watch the game. Have you got the high chair? Have you got the high chair for the? Oh, yeah. Come on! No, no. How many pints will Flynn go, go through on that night? How many pints will Flynn go through? <laughs> as many as he likes. It's not a problem. Uh, we've already <laughs> sold. We've already sold over a hundred tickets. Um, I mean, if you could, you know, if anybody else wants to, to join us, if you just sort of jump on any of the MySquin socials, you'll find links there to, to book a ticket to, to come and listen to him, have a bit of food pre-match. 15 quid ahead, pork, is it? No, it's a bacon chop. Bacon chop, yeah. All that jazz. And uh, you get to hear Brian Flynn's dulcet tones talking about... Is it just 15 quid ahead? 15 quid. Uh, absolute value. You're absolutely that, right. That yeah. is, I mean, you know, even I'd be calling you out if it was much more than that, even though you sponsor the podcast. That is genuine. <laughs> I'm genuinely, you know, very impressed with that. So well done. Yeah. It does include a drink as well. Oh, wow. Goodness yeah, me. Goodness well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How much is Flinny worth of that? 15 quid a pound. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what value. Well, yeah, get your tickets while you still can. Right. Should we just do a very quick um, predictions for, for Eastleigh and Chesterfield? Obviously, since you've ruined the prediction game, uh, these do not count to anything anymore. Um, Tim, do you want to go first? Uh, I'm going to go for... It's got a turn, isn't it? It's a waveform. It's got a turn. But it's not going to turn on Saturday. Two each at Eastleigh. Um, oh. and we'll beat Chesterfield 1-0. Nervy. Yeah. Uh, Chris? I'll be the happy clapper. Despite everything we've said today, I think we've had actually some good results at Eastleigh in recent years, and even though they're in form... Oh, sorry, are you going to come to Eastleigh? You know I can't, mate. Look, you can't put me on the spot here on a podcast for this. <laughs> oh, so, you, so, you, so you're not going to come to Eastleigh, right? Okay, fair enough. Okay, no, no, I don't need to know anymore. I'm in the operation, so I can't. But anyway, <laughs> uh, which would be more pleasurable than watching Wrexham away. Uh, but I, I'm going to go for a 2-0 win, very optimistically. What about Chesterfield, mate? Uh, Chesterfield, that's going to be tough, isn't it? That is going to be a hard game, but I'll... Again, I'll just be ridiculously optimistic and go for one nil home win. Reese, you don't look so sure. I'm I'm torn here. Yeah, I think um, uh, I can't decide. I think we'll get four points, and I'd be delighted with that if we did. I'm going to go with. I think we'll beat Eastleigh away two nil. I think we'll uh, put these uh, complaints to bed, and then for some reason, I think we'll struggle to put Chesterfield away. So I'm going to say one all. Um, versus Chesterfield under the floodlights, and I'm hoping to be there. So that'd be great. Oh, okay. Um, it's a rare appearance this, this season. Rich, what do you think? Um, I think 1 0 Saturday, and I think 
three nil on Tuesday. Oh, wow. That's, ooh. I wonder if you will play in a good spank in a chest. Exactly. What yeah. more can anybody want? <laughs> Well, halfway through that, we're going to play four at the back, three in midfield, one winger, and, and, and two two forwards. The old Flinny way. Right. Finally, I think it's. I think again, I think it's going to be four points, but I think we'll draw on Saturday, and I think we'll win. I think we'll draw will be either nil nil or one each because I think Eastleigh is a tough place to go. I do think we'll squeeze a two one victory at a Chesterfield though, and I'd rather beat them than Eastleigh. Thinking about the the grand scheme of things right thanks very much everyone for for your time i know we're we're all desperate to see uh brazil and south korea isn't it (laughs) it is yeah Uh, neymar is starting so i by the way i got brazil in the sweepstake a sweepstake i pulled out come on korea there was no (laughs) there was no sort of sense of injustice there but cheers guys thanks very much really good uh really good discussion thanks for all your time Goodbye from me. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Cheers, Cheers Jen. Take care. Bye-bye.